Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Jordana Levine, and you're listening to the Inspired Table Podcast. Each week, you'll be led down an inspired path of curiosity as I chat to some of my favorite soul-centered folk about the things that inspire me daily in the hope that some of that juicy inspiration will rub off on you. So pour yourself your favorite cuppa and take a seat at my table. I promise you'll leave happier, healthier, and bursting with inspiration. All of the interviews I do on this podcast, but there is something so magical about listening to the giggles that transcend the airwaves when I interview a friend. And today I'm chatting with my absolute soul sister and also my kinesiologist, Zoe Bosco. Now, Zoe came into my life in a very roundabout way, but she has touched it so significantly and I'm so excited to share her magic with you. I first met Zoe when a mutual friend of ours had brought her along to one of my very early Lunar Nights events. She got in touch with me the very next day um, to see if I'd like to experience a kinesiology session with her. And little did I know at the time how significantly my life was about to change. Not only did I find my absolute soul sister, but the work that we've done together in her clinic really has had the most profound impact on the trajectory of my life. Of all the holistic practitioners I've seen, and I've seen a lot, the work I've done with Zoe truly has transformed the way I see myself, the way I show up in the world, how I am in relationships, and most significantly, it's really transformed my manifestation practice. And manifestation is such a big part of the work that I do now that I really don't think that I would have gotten myself to this point without working with Zoe. So in this interview, we actually dive into authenticity, which is a big theme that's been coming up with us in session. You know, everyone is telling us, just be your authentic self. But I mean, what does that even mean? And how do we do that? And what does it look like? What does it feel like when we are 100% in our truth? So I'm so excited for you to listen to this interview. Zoe has so much knowledge. I've wanted to get her on the podcast for such a long time, but everything just kind of aligned itself for it to come to you this week. So please enjoy this interview with my dear friend, Zoe Bosco. I'd love a bit of a backstory. I mean, I don't even know your backstory. Yeah, I know. Who the hell are you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's about to be revealed. It's perfect, actually, because... Um, I was just thinking about it then, and I wouldn't be anywhere I am today if I didn't shift, like, 
courageously into my authenticity yes. and and into gear and actually into alignment with my intuition and my instincts and start to trust them because um, I was just looking at the contrast of where I was about five years ago to where I am today and yeah it's a it's a remarkable difference and that's when I really started consciously um, creating my life from my gut instincts and my intuitive knowing and courageously moving into authenticity and that's just been such a process and evolution and it's really beautiful that we're talking about authenticity today because it allows me the space to reflect on it and how how much am I in my truth in authenticity as well and where I've come with that whole journey so yeah, yeah and not a lot of people I guess know where I was five years ago or what I was doing so tell me about you Tell me all the things I don't know. <laughs> it's so funny, oh, like, wow. just quickly. You know, I was saying to you the other day, we've known mm. each other for a couple of years now or, like, almost yeah. a couple of years, and you were talking about your parents, and I said to you, oh, I didn't know your parents were together. Like, that was a really yeah. weird thing for some <laughs> I just assumed you were from a broken home. Like everyone else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, I know. We kind of just hit the ground running, didn't we? And we just started like present moving forward. We haven't really even gone into the back no. backstories. Well, you heard all my backstory come up on your yeah, table, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. I know I do have that privilege with everyone. It's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, well, a little bit about me then. Where should I start? I guess um, starting with my path um, on this spiritual journey Uh, It really started for me, I guess one of the pivotal turning points in my life was when I was around 25, 26, and I I did my first Vipassana course. So Vipassana is a 10-day silent meditation retreat. They're held in every state in Australia and worldwide, and it's a Buddhist um, meditation technique taught by S.N. Goenka, and that was a really pivotal, life-changing moment for me in many ways. And I went from one level of being, and throughout that time it shed so many layers and peeled back so many veils, I wasn't the same again. I I started seeing life very differently. My internal energy system had shifted dramatically, and what happened was nothing, when I went back to my home after that, experience nothing really felt the same everything had shifted and that started me on a new course I started studying I started looking into what I wanted to study on the health um, practitioner path Um, I always knew I wanted to work with people I always knew I wanted to work with a skill that I could carry with me whether it be with my hands. I started studying osteopathy because I thought that was really in alignment with me. I dipped into naturopathy a little bit. So I was really searching for the right fit for me for quite a while. And that journey wasn't a comfortable one, to say the least. I was very much in an old program of running, of um, doing things the way I felt I needed to to gain the approval or the acceptance of the external world, meeting expectations of other people, what I should do in life, what was the smart choice. Um, You know, I was running in all of those programs and it felt like I was walking a path, not even a path, it felt like I was walking up a really treacherous mountain, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to find alignment and all the things that I was 
uh, coming into contact with, you know, relationships and uh, everything in the external world that we dance with wasn't quite the right fit because internally I wasn't fully aligned with my truth or my value system or what I actually wanted to do in life. I hadn't opened up and given myself permission to be aligned with my purpose or even discover what that was. So once I started to shift um, into a gear of trusting my full intuition and aligning with my authenticity inside and moving in the direction of what really called my heart, what really inspired me and sparked light, that's when things started to shift and that led me in the direction of kinesiology because everything else I had studied along the way I was always wanting the deeper subconscious root the emotional patterns and those courses that I was studying osteo and um, naturopathy they're amazing in their own right but they weren't fully aligned with me because I always wanted to go deeper Mm. Um, so once I allowed myself to pull out of the university system the Bachelor of Clinical Science degree that I was very much attached to um, and go into a diploma of kinesiology and just explore that realm, things started to align with my path, you know, as appropriate for me because I was in full alignment. Um, so, yeah, that's when I met you, really, that, and, to, and to you. <laughs> and to me. No. I, I met you the year after I just completed my kinesiology yeah. training. Yeah, and I was just about to step into practitioner realm, which feels like, I mean, it's only been a year, but it feels like I've been doing it forever because it feels in such alignment with me. It's just been a beautiful blossoming ever since. Um, as a patient, yeah. as a pa- or patient, is that what you call us? As a client, client, as <laughs> yeah. a client, it feels like you've been doing this your whole life. I mean, it's so, like you said, it's so authentically true to you and who you are. It's so aligned with your energy that it just feels so natural and. Um, kind of like a part of you you know Mm, yeah and and I and I truly believe that's been from my deeper work of really courageously stepping into who I am one step after another because I remember even stepping into practitioner from student to practitioner I had to go through the process of letting go of what I perceived was expected of me as a Mm. practitioner and and shed all the masks that I you know the things that I thought I needed to show up in and the way I needed to hold myself as a practitioner um, and let all that go and really just land in who I was and trust that everything that I had journeyed up until now held a certain resonance and I would attract the people that needed to see me and if I tried to show up in any way that wasn't actually me, I would be out of alignment and I wouldn't actually attract the clients that needed me and I wouldn't be able to reach people so deeply. So one of my deepest, most foundation intentions of my practice is continually diving into myself, continually rising in authenticity and showing up in that space. Mm. And I think that's, you know, um, 
a part of how this has all blossomed or or where we you know we end up today talking about authenticity it's it's beautiful because it's deeply ingrained in how I live now yeah absolutely I think it's a really important point to make as well especially in this realm of from student to practitioner because Mm. I think um definitely in the healing energetic service fields like naturopathy and kinesiology and reiki and even you know yoga teaching meditation any kind of holding space for somebody there's definitely things to be learned and there's definitely techniques and protocols and principles and concepts but we have to walk away from student as we merge into practitioner and find like you said our own authenticity with it our own spin what works for us Absolutely. And, and people struggle yeah. with that. Definitely. You know, it's it's quite scary. And I think it comes to the point where you have to trust that all that work that you've invested in learning and absorbing information is in you. <laughs> you have it in mm. you. So it's like leave the books behind yeah. and, and let it all go and trust that whatever you're meant to know in that moment, whatever the client is meant to receive in that moment, you will be able to access deeper and clearer if you let the books go and the protocols and the procedures and all other expectations that you think people or the external world has of you. Mm -hmm. Because I know that as soon as I try and be anything or try and follow anything, it takes me out of my intuitive flow. So once I started to, you know, really receive that teaching and that path through stepping into practitioner, you know, out of student into practitioner role, um, I really started to develop that even more. So that's what I even um, help people. Uh, some of my clients are transitioning from student into practitioner and it's really beautiful to assist them in that leap as well. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. So Zoe, just at this point, can you explain to people the type of kinesiology you do? Because I know that <laughs> I grew up um, going to see a kinesiologist. My dad used to take me and it was... Um, you know, it, it was a chiropractor and there were lots of like cranial adjustments and a few mm-hmm. kind of back adjustments. And yeah, we did muscle testing and we worked a little bit with energy, but it was very different to the kind of work that you do. So what, what, are, the, what, what are the differences between those two types of kinesiology? Well, look, kinesiology originated from the science of chiropractic uh, medicine. So it's the kinesiology you would have experienced is AK, Applied Kinesiology, mm. um, and that is very common with chiropractics. And it's, it's an incredible technique. It's very much, um, it's very different to the way I work, as you've experienced. I went to a school that combined kinesiology with um, Chinese medicine philosophy, which I think is such a beautiful marriage. I work a lot with the acupressure system and the philosophies of a system called the Bagua, which talk about the the five element system, the five elements being fire, earth, wood, water, and metal. And I really love working with that constitution and philosophy because it it brings the external um, world into um, the clinic room and we can start unpacking it within ourselves so the external world by that I mean the nature of the elements fire earth water wood and metal we can we can really see how they exist in the external world but they actually resonate within us as well and Mm. each element has its own 
personality and the way it expresses itself and when we can when we start to unpack that we can see how it resonates within our field and we become more aware of who we are in that way so the way I work is I combine kinesiology with the philosophies of Chinese medicine um, and then I guess it filters through my own personal energetic field and my own life experience and comes out in my own authentic expression of kinesiology because the beauty of kinesiology is it's a simple technique of muscle monitoring to tap into the subconscious realm of the body which stores all of our holding patterns, our subconscious belief systems, our limiting belief systems and basically everything we've ever experienced in this lifetime and previous past lives if you want to um, believe in that too. So kinesiology taps into that realm and then I guess you put your art and your spin on how you hold that space and help people uncover who they are. Yeah. So yeah that explains it really well yeah <laughs> it's a very well it's very holistic i mean you, you also work with um the chakras you use mm-hmm. flower essences essential oil um you know like there's a whole you've got a whole bag of tricks <laughs> well yeah i mean everything to me is energy right i mean everything is energy so crystals have their own energetic matrix and their own auric field and their own Um, vibrations in the way that they can assist our healing the chakras align differently to different crystal essences and flower essences and I mean you can work in so many different ways that's why I love working with kinesiology because you can really be so creative and intuitive with it because the the less constraints that you put on your practice the more room you have to flow and you can add on different techniques and tools and you can keep evolving with it um, I'm about to go and study um, the spiral technique, which is developed by Dane Thomas. Um, I'm very excited. I'm going down at the end of next week for an eight-day intensive spiral practitioner training, and that's going to put a whole nother <laughs> um, tool in my toolkit, I guess. And it is kinesiology-based, but he's worked out different map systems, um, very much ingrained in the chakra system and the energetic charts. And, yeah, it's just a continual evolution and if you allow yourself to continually show up authentically to you you can become the practitioner that you need to be in the world unique to you and you'll have your own flavor yeah that's beautiful i love that i can definitely relate myself so let's talk about authenticity then let's kind of break it down and go really back to basics what does authenticity mean to you Hmm. well to me authenticity is showing up to yourself and showing up to the outside world in your truth in every moment and allowing that to change in every moment as well. Allowing yourself to experience and express the full spectrum of what it means to be human and not casting any aspect of self aside or editing any part of self or hiding any part away, putting any mask on. It's, you know what, I'm going to strip all the masks back. I'm going to show up authentically in this moment in, in who I am. And that changes from moment to moment. So authenticity is showing up in your truth, expressing openly your truth. And we really need to do that in a heart anchored, grounded way. Yes. Self, self responsible way. You know, authenticity has so much in it. It's, 
who am I? What is my truth? How can I express that in a loving, compassionate, heart-centered, anchored, self-responsible mm-hmm. way? Yeah, I love mm-hmm. I love the words connected and anchored because I have this vision sometimes of people being their authentic self where they feel that that means just exposing themselves and sort of like zipping down and leaking mm. energy out because that's their right, that's their truth, where it's not mm. really the case, is it? It's it's coming at it from a heart-centered, grounded, connected space. And Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like I think the key is what is what is my truth in the moment and this is the thing to be authentic we have to let go of all uh, all external expectations and our perception of expectations to show up in any way because then that actually lets that part of us settle the part of us that thinks we need to be something or and and even be authentic I have to push myself to be authentic which means I have to reveal all it's not even that Mm. it's like if I feel in this moment to openly and vulnerably share I will do so if I actually feel like I need some time to myself to withdraw and figure out what's actually going on I allow myself to do that authenticity is a full permission state to look after yourself, be of service to you first and foremost, making sure you're in alignment with your integrity, your values, your truth, and expressing that into the world. Okay, so what do you see then in your practice? Because it's a great case study of the human experience, I guess. Mm -hmm. What kind of things are preventing people from accessing their authenticity? The biggest thing is fear of um, non-acceptance, fear of rejection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So authenticity, the biggest block to our authenticity is not accepting our true self and fearing that the outside world, our friends, our family, our loved ones, society, community won't accept who we are. You know, so if I, if I say this, this is my truth, but if I say that out loud, is that person going to sit there and receive it? Or are they going to turn away from me and am I going to be accept, uh, non-accepted and rejected? And that's one of the biggest fears with authenticity. Am I going to be liked? Am I, am I going to be loved? Am I going to be um, surrounded by people? You know. And so the key is self-acceptance. If we can come into deep self-acceptance, it opens up authenticity. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I, I mean, on that, on that note of self-acceptance, I think that there's a lot of people who would like to be self-accepting, but mm-hmm. they, they feel like there's um, either judgment or fear or uh, a lack of self-worth and self-love that's kind of mm-hmm. getting in the way of that. I know I keep bringing up blocks, but I feel like so many of us have so many of them because we've kind of accumulated all of this baggage along the way and if we haven't been clearing our energy as we go we turn around and we're like oh my god how many layers are there before I get to my before I get to my truth (laughs) absolutely and I guess that's why I keep expressing you know my truth authenticity in the moment you know, the mm. truth of who I am in this moment, because it is a continual unraveling process. It is a continual self-discovery. It is a continual 
path developing self-love, self-worth, self-acceptance, value of self, alignment with my instincts and intuition, feeling safe in my instincts and intuition. Like these are all aspects of self that we need to journey for ourselves. You know, it's a real personal work. So going in and doing um, work like kinesiology or any other technique that takes you into your subconscious world, realm where you can see your limiting belief systems or your blocks or the veils that are clouding those states, that is when um, profound shifts happen and you can start showing up authentically to you. Because really, we are beings of innate self-love, innate self-acceptance, innate self-worth and self-value. We... we have a continual stream open to our intuitive knowing and to our higher consciousness but it's the conditions and the veils and the the blocks from emotional baggage that cloud that true state of being the way i like to describe it or explain it to my clients is think about it like uh, your favorite song on the radio station you know your favorite song on the radio station being the song of self-love and everything that you've experienced in this lifetime that has negated self-love or blocked self-love or conditioned you to a state anything other than self-love becomes the static on the radio station so you actually can't hear the song anymore. Mm. It doesn't mean it's not there. It's just blocked or stuck or just static. So once you start doing work on your emotional system and clearing these energies that are blocking the resonance of self-love, you start being you start being able to access that innate state anyway so sometimes you can have a session and clear so much energy in one big bang and bang you can feel self love you know and that's a remarkable space to be in because that helps you come into self acceptance more you can reach your authenticity more and it's just a journey and unraveling a process yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think, you know, at this juncture, I would like to profess my love and passion for kinesiology because I think when people think that they need to start removing the veils, removing the layers, looking at the baggage, unblocking mm. the blocks, clearing the limiting beliefs, that it becomes <laughs> a five-year, 10-year, 20-year process of mm. diving deep into fear and insecurity and judgment. Um, mm. And it couldn't be further from the truth because there are so many modalities kinesiology being one of them where it can be as simple as clearing it in an afternoon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and each session is different you know as sometimes I'll have a big bang session like I like to refer to it as and you know lots of veils shift and lots of energy moves and you crack to a new resonance of being and then maybe the next two three sessions are kind of just working at that level attuning realigning and then you might get to another big bang you know you you never really know what to expect (laughs) i'm sure you can agree Uh, um and i think that the nicest most self-loving way we can approach this type of work is i don't have to fix anything i don't actually have to heal anything this is just a process of self-curiosity i'm curious about what i'm holding i'm curious about what's the undercurrent resonance that produces my behavior in the external world and 
I'm just going to go in there and like do some work. You know, like we eat healthy and we exercise our body. It's just another process to help us come into the fullness of who we are and a whole integrated being. And what do you think our potential um, morphs into or expands into once we can drop into our authenticity? Oh, wow. (laughs) I mean, in a nutshell. (laughs) In a nutshell. Well, (laughs) that, that question just got me like, I just felt a lot of excitement because for me, this path, I'll just talk from my own experience, the more energy work I do and the more limiting belief systems I clear, the more emotions that I process, it's like my energy system is so clear that I can actually access Mm. um, the, the true resonance of my being and the potential feels limitless. You know, we don't have the energy blocks that are stuck in our system that actually blocks the energy from traveling through our energy system. So when we're blocked with the conditions and the unprocessed emotions, we can't fully access our fullest potential really because the the pipes aren't working clear, I guess you could say. So once you start clearing everything, you really see that the potential is at your fingertips. You know, it's it's... It's limitless. Yeah. I don't even know if that even helped answer that question no, because it, it just feels like a mystery to me as well that we can continually awaken to, really. Yeah. I mean, we've been having this conversation a little bit um, outside of the clinic room, mm-hmm. talking about, you know, the, the more stuff that gets cleared and the more stuff we work through, this accessing of new parts of our... Um, intuition and our um, psychic connection and our mm. emotional connection you just you you gain a, like you said a clearer path it's parts of you that have always been there but there's just easier access to them maybe absolutely that's the way I see it yeah like um I just don't think that, well, there isn't ever an end point. So if you're on the path of healing, shifting to a perspective that the journey is all in favor of us, (laughs) it's all in service, you know, and the more work that we can do in a gentle, loving, curious way, the more we can awaken to our infinite possibility and potential. And the way I see it now might change in a few weeks the more I evolve, you know. So never kind of limiting ourselves to one space of being. Mm -hmm. The way I experience my intuition now is very different to how I experienced it a few years ago. And what I've started working on with people in clinic is actually tapping into how they read their intuition authentically to them. Because what I realized just recently actually is um so there's clairaudient right we we can hear and receive there's clairvoyant we can see then there's clairsentient we feel and i'm very much a feeler i can feel things coming i can feel things in the body i I feel the resonance in my body where the energy is blocked in my patient you know so i'm very much a feeler anyway a few years ago i had the perception that intuition came through sound So I was always looking for it in a different way. 
Yeah, because someone had told me how they hear their intuition, right? Totally. So I was like, oh, I was trying to tap into my (laughs) intuition by sound and then getting very confused that is Mm. this my head talking to me? Is this my heart? Is this my gut? Like, who is this voice? Like, where is it coming from? Zoe, that is such a good example Mm. of how intuition does not come to you for certain people because you're right people always say oh I heard it in meditation you're like how Uh how did you yeah yeah and then and then some people see right and some people feel so that's been a huge shift for me that's come um and now integrating that into my work and um figuring out how with my clients how they read their intuition because we can all access all three realms of intuition but one's always going to be more predominant so it's like how do you and it's authentic to us right so how you read your intuition will be different to mine Um, and so just even opening that up shifts so much for people Mm. and for myself so now I feel intuition like oh wow it's it's so different it's just so different yeah absolutely so how how we talk about uh, we've 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 spoken about alignment a lot how do you know when you are in alignment how do you Mm. what does alignment feel like what does it look like how does it show up okay beautiful i i could give a very personal example if you like Mm. because i feel like that's that's the easiest way to resonate when we are open with our own personal experience so for me i know when i'm in alignment when i'm in that flow state And what I mean by flow state is everything just lines up easily. There's nothing really that I need need to make a big decision on. There's nothing that I really need to figure out. It just kind of aligns and unfolds. When I'm not in alignment is when I'm trying to figure things out in my head. I'm a bit blocked. Nothing's really lining up. And I'll start giving my personal example. So I just went to India at the end of the month. Um, at the end of the year, sorry, for a month. And over there, I did another Vipassana course. I did a Panchakarma and I went into some deep energetic healing. So when we do energetic healing, our internal resonance and vibration changes. It shifts. So our external world starts to shift to match that new resonance. Um, it wasn't until I came back from India and entered my my home and my workplace that I felt that I, I didn't actually energetically fit the way I used to. Something had shifted. And in that moment, I actually started to get a bit, of, bit fearful because I loved my home. I loved my job. I loved everything, how it looked, but it didn't feel the same to me anymore. And just remember that I'm a feeler, Claire Sentient. So this is how I tap into my alignment now. So all of a sudden I couldn't, I didn't feel comfortable. I felt blocked. I felt heavy. I felt tired. And I was like, okay, I'm not in alignment. What needs to go through the death phase of life? What needs to be reborn? And once I actually surrendered to that, it turned out that I needed to move. It turned out I needed to move clinics as well. I'm still working at Orchard Street, but I've moved down to the Bondi Clinic. And once I shifted my surroundings to match the internal state, everything came into alignment, which meant everything was more in the flow state. Things can move through me more. The universe can move through me more because I'm in alignment. And it's really just trusting your gut instincts and your intuitive knowing however that comes to you and courageously moving in the direction of it 
Yeah. I think that I that's that's did that answer it for yeah, you? Yeah, that definitely answered it. I I would agree. That's how I feel into my intuition and alignment as well. It's very much a feeling state, and I think that mm. it is personal for everybody, and it's it's something that it's an inner it's an inner knowing when you're in flow and in alignment. You know when you are. You know when you're not. Everything feels like it's a little bit uphill, like the gradient just got a little bit higher. Yeah, absolutely. And what I will mention too, I guess the key is, the key to alignment is knowing your values. Knowing your what what are my values, you know, and aligning to your highest value in every moment. That's actually the 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 beacon of light. If you're not aligned with your highest values as appropriate for you, you're not in full alignment. And I'd like to talk a little bit just in this moment about resonance and high vibration and high energy state because we all want to be in like a high vibration, right? Um, shifting our vibration into a higher state and how we do that is actually by honoring our internal value system and aligning to that because we will know when we're not aligned with our internal value system because our energy will be low we won't be feeling so good because we'll we'll feel like we kind of like cheated ourselves or didn't really step up into our full power or didn't really express you know what we needed to express Mm. so the indication is your inner value system. So if you explore what you regard as your values, what's important to you, that will help you keep in alignment with your highest vibrational state of being, which will help you um, connect into the highest vibrational of the universe, really, and everything can flow through you. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, a lot of the work that I do is around manifestation and it's a big theme for this year. And I think that the discoveries that I've made in the last few years about where manifestation will come through quite easily for me and where it's a little bit of an uphill battle or doesn't manifest Mm -hmm. at all is when I'm in or not in alignment and it is Mm -hmm. a value system and it's also a a large part of it is around the self-worth, the self-care and really trusting in this idea that you are working when in alignment you are working with a force much greater than you and that is the resonance of the universal energy beautiful yeah absolutely the higher orchestrations Mm. you know feeling for the undercurrent from the earth and you know having that higher perspective of the higher orchestrations at b and fully trusting and having faith that we are held supported guided and as you say we actually have much a greater purpose on life and we're, we're in alignment that can actually come through and be expressed into the world yeah absolutely and and having having that self-worth that you are, are deserving of that of that kind of energy and that kind of resonance because I think mm-hmm. that a lot of us through the years, um, our self-worth has been dampened by, um, you know, external energies and people in our lives, um, whether they're where they're conscious, whether they're conscious of it or not. It mm. starts to bring our resonance down, even if we're trying to be upheld to our own values. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Are you talking about the collective vibration? Yeah. Yeah. I guess with that, um, seeing manifestation sometimes, the way I like to look at it sometimes is, or more and more, is as an indirect 
response. And what I mean by that is sometimes taking the focus off like uh, how I need to project this out and manifest this out with like my mind and my intentions and coming into an indirect state of resonance of what I'm trying to attract. So if I want to be in a space of self-worth and attract um, the highest job for me or the highest vibrational partner in alignment or whatever it is I'm trying to manifest, I need to look at all the qualities that I'm trying to draw in and first and foremost start living and breathing them and awakening them and integrating them within my own being. So then I actually embody the vibration that I want to attract indirectly. Does that Mm. make sense? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think by doing that, it takes the pressure off what the collective is doing and turning it all like the mirror inside and doing our own personal work. And eventually that starts emanating out and we have that ripple out effect onto the collective consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. I feel like um, at this point, talking about the collective, I mean, it might be worth mentioning this idea. It's come up a lot for me and um, a couple of my close friends in a similar industry in the last few months is um, comparison, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. collective comparison. Um, yeah, it's a and big one. It's a huge one. And what that does to our authenticity, because I think comparison really is something that can knock you off what could feel like quite sturdy ground mm-hmm. within, you know, minutes, within seconds, mm-hmm. you know, like it really messes with your authenticity because you can start comparing yourself to people who are in a similar field or of a similar energy and feel that you need to match their vibration in order to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. It, it comes up a lot, you know, uh, definitely in clinic. I hear it come through a lot, the comparison. It causes a lot of pain. Mm. Um, I'm not too sure where the comparison seed comes from. If anyone out there is more um, aware and educated in that, I would love, love, love to hear about it. But I, I know it does knock us out of our authenticity and I think it comes down to our oh, feeling like maybe it comes down to survival, you know, mm. um, see, the survival in us kicks in and feeling like if that person is in competition with me, you know, I need to match them and I need to survive and uh, I don't know what it is, but it, it takes us out of the authenticity and mm, it must be our survival mechanisms kicking in but if you do find yourself in comparison one of the most beautiful ways to um, settle that energy is by knowing that whatever we see in someone else whatever we 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 are attracted to someone to in someone else is a reflection of something that wants to awaken within us So really using it as a beautiful mirror of, wow, I'm comparing myself in like a real lack kind of mentality or or judgmental mentality. How can I shift into like an inspired mentality and see that everything that I'm seeing in this person that the old me feels like I need to compete with, how can I feel into that essence within myself knowing that it is in there somewhere and breathe into it 
more and find the authentic way of my expression in whatever quality that is. Does that make sense? Yeah. That so whatever we sense. see in another is really what we desire to awaken within ourselves. Yes, but like you said, awakening it in a way that's authentic to us because when we when we just try and copy that vibration, that's when we start to run into shaky ground. Absolutely, and just knowing that in those moments it's it's more the shadow realm teachers, isn't it? It's like when we flip out of our authentic self, we're in the contrast of our authenticity, so we're experiencing the shadow aspects of self which are equally as teaching, if not more so with their lessons mm. so yeah I guess that's how I work with the the energy of comparison now it used to be very painful um, you know in the old kind of mentalities that it would kick in um, but now I try and use it as okay what is this what is this person teaching me by by um, mm, what, what are they reflecting to me what, what is wanting to awaken and how can I breathe into that for me yeah yeah that's beautiful yeah i i yeah i can relate to that most definitely um, yeah i wanted to use myself as a guinea pig yes <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to expose myself um, i thought it might be nice to use something that you and i have worked on in clinic um as an example of how authenticity can make massive shifts um, to put you in alignment with the work that you're doing or with any part of your life. It could be relationships, it could be finances, it could be anything. For me, it was the work I was putting out into the world. And um, I had come to see you for whatever reasons. I don't know. Balance me, Zoe. Tell me what's wrong with me. Mixed um, bag. But what had come up that day, what had come up that day was this idea of me not feeling like I was being seen. Mm. So I sort of mm -hmm. knew who I was and I knew what my authenticity felt like, but I felt like it wasn't being translated or expressed in a way that was being received by people. Mm -hmm. So we worked on, remind me if you remember, but the belief system I had around it was... What was it? Hmm. <laughs> well, I, I actually can't remember the actual belief system of that balance, but it would would have been um, embedded in safety, not feeling safe. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. Did, I didn't feel safe to be seen. Not feeling safe to be seen. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So we, we um, through your magic juju, we... <laughs> <laughs> We shifted some of that, um, and that is one of those examples where it happened within the afternoon. Like we did it that day, and within within days, or perhaps even that day, but it was probably the next day. All of a sudden, people were seeing me, and I mean that by people would say to me things like, "Oh, you look really different today." <laughs> And I think I'm, I was even one of those people. You were. I remember seeing you because it was just before a lunar night and I remember walking in and being like, wow, hi. <laughs> but everybody did that lunar night. It was so weird. And they're like, what have yeah. you done? I'm like, nothing. I just went and saw my kinesiologist. You guys should go do that. 
<laughs> but it was it was for me I knew what I knew what it was because the veil had been lifted it was mm. like there was and it was self-inflicted I had somewhere along the line put a veil over myself as protection to yeah. feel safe yeah um and we energetically removed that veil and we after one session I was still being the same person I was still being the authentic version of me I hadn't changed anything but I just removed the protective layer yeah and you were you were ready to be seen so the subconscious maladaptive protective mechanism that was keeping you unseen the veil over you had shifted mm. so all of a sudden we could all see the true resonance of who you were you know, in a, in a whole new light. Not that you weren't being true before that, like you said, but we could see deeper into you yeah. or you were opening and vibrating outwards more. Yeah, yeah. And, and with that, that made me feel more um, safe to mm. be able to keep sharing and keep revealing and keep exposing parts mm. of me that needed to come into the light. Mm. Mm. Yeah, if I remember correctly, we did definitely work on I'm safe to be seen, mm. probably feeling authentic. I'm safe in my authenticity. I'm safe to be seen because really this comes down to one of those seeds of a non-acceptance, a lack of self-acceptance. So if we're not feeling safe in our own authentic expression in who we are, we're not going to be wanting to be seen in that either. Yeah. So it's like working on that self-acceptance of this is who I am and here you go, world, here I am. You know, we can be seen and felt and received much deeper and feel safe in that. Oh. Because authenticity is our safest way of being. I have this conversation with my clients quite often as in a lot of a lot of what keeps us out of authenticity is the fear of rejection and fear of not being accepted. Yeah. So we mask and we veil and we withdraw and we we edit ourselves um, you know and show up in our in the way that we perceive others expect of us. But that actually keeps us in a holding pattern of aligning with people that aren't actually aligned with us. So if we actually shed everything and come into that deep knowing that my authentic self is my safest place to be because it means I am more in alignment with who I am, which means my energetic field is clear to attract who is actually in alignment with me. So it is really our safest way of being. And if someone does fall away and, and, you know, when you are being authentic, that's actually a good thing because it just creates more space for someone who is in true alignment with you to come in. Absolutely. I think that, I think that is part of it as well, isn't it? It's, it's being okay with what drops away as you Absolutely. begin to emerge because that can be Absolutely. really scary for people. And, you know, that I, that's definitely a fear that, that a lot of people experience in those moments where they are coming into their truth and into alignment. Mm -hmm. Things will yeah. change. They do change. Absolutely. And the thing is, things are going to change regardless. It's just the way they change. The more we come into alignment with our authentic authenticity, things change quite gracefully. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if, we're, if we're not being authentic and something needs to change, it's when we experience those big bangs when everything kind of crumbles around us, like the job falls away, the yeah, boyfriend like falls the away, Jenga the relationship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, because we need to be shaken up, but we're so scared of the death process 
process of life, which is so natural and innate in the growth cycle and expansion cycle that we hold on and we grip, you know? Let's talk about that a little bit, Zoe. You know, Mm -hmm. I love talking about um, the cyclical nature of the universe. It's one of my favorite topics. Mm -hmm. Um, And death and rebirth (laughs) is definitely part of that. So can we, can we just kind of touch on that? Tell me what you, what your feelings are around this idea of going through continuous deaths and rebirths as we grow. Mm, yeah, beautiful. So we're continually dying and re- being reborn in every moment on a biochemical cellular level, you know. Um, we're continually, the, who I am now and who you are right now is very different to who we were when we started this recording (laughs) because Mm -hmm. we've spoken about so much and activated so much energy within each other's systems that we're shifting and changing and awakening in this very moment so the death phase of life is happening all around us within us all the time but it's like when it manifests in big bigger ways like the job needing to fall away to create space for something new to come through we need to die to ourselves constantly gracefully to evolve to you know can continually expand into who we want to be so we were born into this physical realm and we eventually die but every step along the way is a birth death cycle mm. and so I, yeah yeah no i was just gonna say you know a lot of people um you know cling to the deaths they don't want to let them go it feels like a loss it feels like an ending well, it, it that's the thing because it is so we we we, we fear it because it it, it, it is a death and it feels like we're actually going to die, like everything's going to fall away and I'm not going to be able to cope or it's very overwhelming. But it's actually, the, once we take a deep breath in and surrender to that moment, it's when we can actually come through the energetic birth canal of life and be reborn and then new things can start coming into fruition and creation. Yeah, and that right there is the perfect example of it is there's always, there's always an inhale after the exhale. You know, if you exactly. think of the exhale as the death, you always have the rebirth of the inhale. And that is that is what the universe teaches us with all of its cycles. Mm-hmm. All of its mm-hmm. cycles, every ending has a rebirth. Yeah, and whether or not we can actually see the beauty and the gold and the gift of the death phase in the moment or it takes us months or years to look back and be able to see what we received from that, knowing that in every death phase there is light and love and it is for our greatest good it is in service of us beautiful i think that's a beautiful place to end this interview is there anything Mm. else that you i guess just on that little note um Mm. i might just leave a little seed that might spark in a few people um something i've started to explore and i'm just about to go and do my shamanic women's craft training in the blue mountains which i'm very excited about but something i've started to explore is our our actual birth patterns and how they show up in life so how we were born and the birth trauma around that if it was very traumatic or if it was seemingly like okay there's going to be a birth trauma imprint from that and that is deeply ingrained in our stress response system and our reaction to the death phase of life and to the to the cycle of life so if we're going through an experience of um things falling away and things wanting to be recreated 
our birth pattern is going to be activated in that. And so I just would like to mention that look into, if you're inspired by that, look into your birth pattern, look in, find out your birth story from your mother. Um, and that could be a really huge key to start unlocking some of your stress patterns as well. And that's wow. something I'm going to start training in because it's really profound when I've touched upon it briefly so far. It's something that's awakening. Yeah. Yeah, wow, that's so powerful. I'm going to call my mama when I get off this call. (laughs) (laughs) Although knowing my mom, she was probably quite blissed out when she had me. Yeah. (laughs) Let me just pull some tarot cards while I'm pushing out this baby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. mama. Um, So, Zoe, if people want to find you and hang out with you and have a session with you, what do Mm. they do? Okay, so you can find me through Orchard Street. So I'm working at the Bondi Clinic in North Bondi. Um, You can make an appointment via my Instagram page, which is (laughs) medicinal.alchemy. Gonna have the dot in there. Um, My email address is connect at zoebosco.com. Yeah, you can find me there. I'm, I'm very much based in Orchard Street North one day at the moment you'll see me in the cafe so, or the clinic <laughs> yeah so just so everybody knows that is in New South Wales in Australia but Zoe right. also does Skype sessions I do for people who aren't in New South Wales or Australia yeah so yeah. if you're looking for a Skype session definitely contact me via email or Instagram um I'm happy to share my phone number too if you want to add this afterwards, Jordi. Uh, yeah, um, I'll put yeah. I'll put everything in the show notes. We might leave you we might leave your phone number off. Zoe's <laughs> yeah. Zoe's not Zoe's not great with technology. We might just I stick know. with my phone does overwhelm me. <laughs> <laughs> we might just go with email and Instagram. Email and um, Instagram would be my preferred way, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But have- yeah, Skype sessions or face to face personal okay. sessions in New South Wales. And I will be in Byron Bay once a yes. month as well, starting from February two. So beautiful. That's exciting. That is yeah. that is so exciting. Well Zoe, thank you so much for chatting to me and coming on the podcast. It's been amazing and it's so nice to share your not only your knowledge but your beautiful energy with everybody Mm, thank you so much for having me it's been such a pleasure and honor i just want to take this opportunity to let you know about a free webinar that i'm running on monday january 22 at 6 30 p.m australian eastern standard time it's all about how to master manifestation in 2018 I have really gotten to a point with my manifestation practice where I really feel like I've cracked the formula and so I wanted to put this webinar on to share all of my secrets with you that are not so secret um, and tell you a really simple equation that you can follow to truly tap into your power and master manifestation this year. If you're interested in joining, you have to register. If you can't watch it in real time, you will receive an email the next day with the replay, but only if you register before the webinar. To be a part of it, go to my website, www.jordanalevine.com, or I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Until next time, 
I'm Jordana Levine, wishing you an inspirational week. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 